Welcome to this week's episode of Birthright Living Legacy Podcast, where we share the stories of fatherhood and their effects because there's no manual. We are here to learn from each other as we build our fatherhood playbook. Now welcome your host, Marquise and Crystal Dennis. Thank you. Thank you guys so much. We are so excited to be able to be here this week uh, here with the uh, the one, the only, the light skinned wonder. Ladies and gentlemen, put your hands together for not DJ Khaled, not Mariah Carey, but the next best thing. Ladies and gentlemen, put your hands together for Crystal Dennis. <laughs> thank you. As always for such a wonderful greeting here. I appreciate that. <laughs> and thank you all for listening to us so consistently and giving us your feedback and reaching out. We really, really value each and every one of you. And so today we are just going to kick it off. Our father today is a telecom executive, family man, and a father of three boys. So without further ado, help me welcome Michael Epps. <laughs> <laughs> you don't know what to do with the button pushing. <laughs> I love it. I love it. He I'm just like, looked at Funk us Flex like, came in it. here. <laughs> That's how we do it. Well, thank you so much for being here, Mike. You know, we truly uh, appreciate you and value you uh, as a uh, as a member of the Birthright Living Legacy. So, as a po- you know, the great thing is is that you have no. Uh, exposure. So this is going to be fun uh, <laughs> that we get to dive in. So in, uh, do you want to ask the question this week? Well, you know, I thought what I would do also would let them know is that this is one of our board members. Okay. And so part of our journey and our goal this season is to show you the heartbeat with inside birth, right? What makes it work and what is spreading the vision right now. Um, so we're doing these, these, uh, I want to say interviews, but podcast journeys with each of our board members. So that way you guys genuinely get to feel the vision for birthright and why we are who we are. Um, so I think traditionally it, it should stand for you to go ahead and ask our custom question there love and that's the taroot root oh yeah that's my favorite <laughs> so, so mike uh being that you are a board member and all that glorious stuff and all the other things you do in the community uh what was your favorite part about being your father's son oh man my favorite part um when i think back uh Watching, you know, my dad was a military guy, uh-huh. um, and he was just a, I mean, a very practical thinker, not a flashy, flamboyant person by any means. Um, and I think one of the one of the best parts of being my father's deceased now, but one of the best parts of being his son was just being able to, um, you know, think, kind of understand how he thought and the, the rational way he thought about everything. Um, and then kind of incorporating that into to my own style. You know. nice. What was his rank? Um, he was like master sergeant, I think, before he got out. Okay. Yeah. Did that did that play off into uh, being the child? Were you an uh, 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 honorary member of the Army? I, well, not honorary. I actually went to uh, – I was in the military. I was in Oklahoma National Guard okay. for 10 years. Um, went to OCS, and then um, after my 10th year, I, I got out. I got you. So, yeah. I did a little bit. (laughs) So what what was it like to be, you know, um, a military brat, as they call it? Um, Unique. I mean, one of the things and a lot of like the social injustice and race stuff you deal with now. Mm -hmm. um, At that time, we were military. We were green. 
you saw green. There weren't, you weren't colors. You know, I didn't know that, um, as a black person, I was, we weren't treated different. You know what I mean? Everybody was pretty much military, but, um, you moved around quite a bit every three years or so we moved to a different base. Um, I was actually born in Frankfurt and then we went back to Germany one other time before he got out. So, um, yeah, I was so. thinking Frankfurt, Connecticut. No, Frankfurt, Germany. <laughs> <laughs> no, Ger- Germany. So I was um, like, oh, it, he went to Connecticut. Then he said Germany. I was like, oh, oh. It was unique, you know, because you, you land on these bases and you really have to start from scratch, right? You didn't have social media, email. Mm-hmm. You didn't even keep in touch with the people that you, uh, that you were just in California with. Wow. It was over. You started over new, ended up in new housing, and then you just hit the playground and make new friends. You, you know? got to start all over. You start all over. But everybody, was it Was it like everybody had the same mindset? Like, hey, new friend that yeah, I know? Yeah, yeah. Or, or did they have clicks already? No. Or? I mean, I was younger then. You know, my dad retired. I think I was around 12. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, it just enabled me when we moved back to Oklahoma for good. You know, it was two days I had a best friend that I still, you know, talk to to the day you know um you longed for those like long-standing relationships and friendships because you knew when dad changed posts like you were you were uh you're starting from scratch so 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 in the military world do you guys still do like the the traditional go fishing play catch all that or is there's some really like well he my dad was in infantry so there were times that he'd be away um you know in the field as we called it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, we had, uh, a DYA, which is like the youth kind of like what would be a rec center on okay. the post. My mom actually worked at the DYA. So you went there and you did, I don't know that we did any fishing, but there were all sports and all those kinds of activities. So, um, that from that aspect, it was pretty normal. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I kind of laugh and tell people like I'm, I'm a decent bowler. Um, played a lot of bingo and can still <laughs> skate because that's like all you did. Yeah, there was no AAU basketball. Oh, you know right. what I mean? It was family time was at the bowling alley at skating rink or at bingo. And dad was coming every now and again, or he'd be around. Um, my mom was really the pillar there, just because of his. I mean, the work schedule and yeah. you know, I mean, the, the army's a job. It's not really eight to five, especially you know some of the stuff he was doing. So, yeah. Um, yeah. So being that young, were you looking at that as, you know, this is the normal lifestyle or was it kind of like, man, you know what I mean? The army has always kind of taken most of my dad's time, a little bit of. Yeah, no, I didn't. You know, I never thought it, it taking his time because my mom was so present. Okay. You know what I mean? And and they always, although, you know, they did divorce later, um, they were always uh, in, in sync as far as the kids were concerned and covering our bases, um, you know, so. You didn't really not know because you were used to it. Mm-hmm. The whole time I was alive, my dad, you know, up until that point, my dad was in the military. So I didn't know anything. What, what was your sibling situation like? Um, I have a sister that's three years older than me, a brother that's nine, and then another sister that's 10 year, okay. years older than me. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, so you're the baby. Yeah, Ish. I'm baby. But we were kind of raised, I don't want to say separate, but like you've got, Two kids in high school and then two kids in, like, grade school, middle school. So, um, yeah, it was, I mean, but we have great relationships, still still have great relationships to this day. Crystal had a lot of that growing up where I think it was 10 years between, right? Yeah, between the oldest one and then there's two more above her. It's 10 years and then 10 years below for yeah. my youngest one. Yeah. So, like, my sister, my oldest sister, who, you know, I love to death, also... 
like doubled almost as a mom to me. You know oh, what I mean? Right. 10 years older, mom's working, dad's working. So, and that's part of our, like our bond now is that we just did everything together. Mm-hmm. I mean, she's, you say 18 at the time going mm-hmm. on dates. And I was always just in tow. She took me everywhere with her. Wow. Yeah. So that was cool. And we still, I mean, we're still super tight. In Germany? In Germany, yeah. Wow. Yeah. So what was it like being a young black man in Germany? I hear stories. I didn't know I was black. I hear stories. <laughs> they, say, they say over there, like, you guys get, like, we get treated like royalty in, in Germany. There, I think there's a there's a there's uh, an attraction to, you know, I was I was a kid, though. I didn't yeah. know. I mean, the nine-year-olds didn't treat me any different. You know? <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, you know, now, professionally, and even if you are um, in the military, the yeah. community probably treats you a little different. And, you know, I think there's a little attraction to the chocolate over there. You know what I'm <laughs> so what was your experience then stateside versus Germany? Did you have any, I mean, culturally, I'm sure there's a lot of variation, but you were still on a military base. So there was a, a yeah, bit of we're a in California and Fort Ord. Um, it was still, it's still a community in, within itself. You right. know what I mean? Um, now, if you were older, you probably went off post and went to the clubs and did all that, you know, had a social life, but we didn't, I mean, we really didn't. We might go to the beach or something like that. But, um, yeah, it was just a – I mean, it was just a norm. You just didn't know, yeah. you know. And then you come back to the States and start getting, um, I don't say discriminated against, but you're seen as a little different. And you're yeah. like, wait, hold on. Like, why are they looking at me like that? Why are they talking <laughs> to me like that? Yeah. So funny story, though. When I first moved back, um, I spoke like the Queen's English, right? Wow. Okay. Uh, because And I still spoke German. Um well, we get to school. I go to like the local school or whatever it was, a middle, uh, elementary school. And they called my mom and was like, we're putting him in like speech therapy. And my mom's like, why? He's like, because he's got a speech impediment. And she's like, no, like that's the Queen's English. You just don't recognize it. Yeah. Um, wow. Immediately pulled me out of that school. She's like, yeah, if they think you have a speech impediment. Oh, <laughs> for wow. real. I was just very proper at the yeah. time, you know, but again, you go to an inner city middle school or any city, uh, sorry, elementary school. Um, they're like, what's wrong with this kid? Yeah. You know, he doesn't say or run. He doesn't say any of that. <laughs> like yeah. something's got to so be wrong you, with you know, him. as a, as a, as a, as a, a co-host, as I just wouldn't be remiss <laughs> if I didn't ask you to speak. So <laughs> oh, I need to hear, I need to hear this. I've quiz. got, I mean, it's no, <laughs> come on, Mike. No, gotta, what is gotta, it? You got to bless us with this Queen's English. No, it's just proper English. I don't even have it in my bag anymore. Like you, I've got, you gotta have something. I got Ebonics. No, <laughs> I got Ebonics. Unfortunately, Tried to put my kids in the right school so that they would uh that they would they would be able to capture that. But. Were you like Cheerio and all that? <laughs> no, no, I was British. Right, right. He's like mate. He thinks and I'm my, Australian my now. Immediately went to Austra- uh, Austin Powers. I was like, <laughs> right. he's over there talking like Austin. Bloody heck! <laughs> oh no. So yeah. That's no, cuss I, words are cuss words. I had to get I had to get some kind of reference. I don't know the Queen's English, <laughs> you know what I mean? I just know Sir John, Elton John. That's, <laughs> that's it. That's funny. That's crazy. So um, just you had to give a, an idea of like the community life. Like mm-hmm. even though you're switching a lot, is there a sense of community where like 
So like back in the, say in the eighties, back when I was growing up, you know, like there was a, like a community policing, so to mm-hmm. speak, where everybody watched each other's kids and things like that. Does that happen on our Oh, definitely. Yeah. So some of the folks that my dad went into the military with, um, they ended up maybe in the same unit and mm-hmm. they went to the same places. Right. Okay. So we had, we had some friends that were usually older that, um, that, we're maybe not at the same time, but we're in generally the same place. Right. Like one of the families that um, we were really close with in California, were in Germany with us, and then um, ended up coming to Oklahoma, actually. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, so, but they were rich, they originated in Oklahoma, so they ended up coming back and retiring. Nice. Um, so, yeah, it was, it was unique. I can tell you a story. Um, it was the worst beating I ever got in my life. <laughs> so, and this is the, the community policing. So there, like if your family or your parents went away for a weekend or something like that, it was to Spain. It was to other countries, right. you know? So my parents, I think were in Berlin or Spain taking like the youth group or, you know, the DYA, the older teenagers went. So my parents left us back behind with another family. Um, so we're hanging out and there Sebastian and Sammy Sebastian was my age. Sammy was my sister's age. We went to the skating rink and we're just hanging out and Sammy's a little older and he's like, Hey, you want to smoke a cigarette? And I was like, I'm down. Let's go try it. So we go outside the back and, uh, he smoked, he got his first puff of the cigarette and he handed it to me. And before I could get it up to my lips, I looked and my sister saw me and Sebastian saw me. They were longer and faster, right? They just took off running home, and we chased them. Oh no! Oh, yeah. So when we got when we they told, and when we came inside, like we got beat. Wow! Their parents could beat me. It yeah, was yeah. Just completely normal. Yeah. Right. Um. So Sammy got one beating. <laughs> yeah. Well, my parents are now embarrassed because they're in Spain. Oh, yeah. They come back and they're like, "He did what?" Oh yeah. So it was just all over again. Oh, so no. you know what it is. Yeah. I still kind of hold the left. So did, did mom do some disciplining or did dad? Uh, it was equal. equal. And it was never a good cop, bad cop. I mean, if you were in trouble, it was bad cop, bad cop. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like my, I never remember my mom saying, like, take it easy on him. You know? She's like, give me a chance when yeah. you're done. No, nah. we didn't do a lot, a ton of that. My dad was very, um, very strict and very, I say strict, very uniform and disciplined with that kind of stuff. Yeah. Uh, and you knew what was expected, and you just did it. Yeah. You know, if I got a whooping, I never got one for the same thing twice. Yeah. It just was not. He had a way about. He had a way <laughs> about things. <laughs> I could tell you what he whooped us with, but it actually might be against the law. Well, so, he's not here no more. They can't well, he had a he had a um a broom like a cut off broomstick. Oh wow! And it had leather shoestrings on it. Oh yeah! Woo. And you got like all you needed was one of those. Yeah. And you're like, all right, no. That's almost like a whoop. That's it was like a it whoop. was a real. Yeah. Like, yeah like, that was a cat of nine tails. <laughs> right. <laughs> so and again, my father wasn't an abusive person by any means. But yeah. He knew how to put it, get his work. Uh, his, his, uh, Look, his, I bet you'd be going to Easter plays like, stop, <laughs> just stop. What did you do? <laughs> <laughs> no, but they were, um, like I say, not my parents weren't overly strict. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know. My dad was military, so before you went out to play on Saturday, you did your room got inspected. There was no question about it. <laughs> you didn't roll out, and your parents come say, "Hey, you need to go in there and clean that room." Yeah, you like, can always tell the difference because instead of saying, "Hey, 
the, you know, my parents came to check. It was no, it got inspected. Oh, it got inspected. <laughs> <laughs> standing, standing there, it's locked up at attention like dad. How'd I do? He's like, uh, all right, yeah, you can go. Oh, yeah, so, I wouldn't have made it. I yeah. would not have made it. I'm so glad they didn't let me in the military. This is way it would have been man. a vicious. I would have been that guy, you know, that got beat up by the soap by yeah. everybody else. <laughs> yeah, because I would have been laughing at the drills. I would have <laughs> took it as a joke. I was the first, like when I was coming into the military is when they started to first start to get feelings mm-hmm. where they're like, you know, you can't be oh, you had on the cars and, and all that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah like yeah. that was, that was my era. Yeah. I, I see why now it's important that you don't have that card. Cause yeah. you know, the Asia, when you get over to China, they're not going to care about <laughs> card. How you feeling about yeah, this? Be like, <laughs> ah, let's just keep on beating them. You know, let's waterboard them. Yeah. So, so. let's make a, a, a hard pivot because uh, okay. that's a, that's a really awesome some introspection of of where we go for this next um half of it um so now that we 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 got to learn how you were as a son now how does that transition for you as a father so like what is your favorite part about being a father just being present you know what i mean and again my dad wasn't just absent but after my parents went through the divorce um my dad did struggle with alcohol so there was some we weren't as around him mm-hmm. as much, you know, just because he and my mom were at odds about some stuff. What age um, was that for you? Uh, probably around 12. Okay. Yeah. So we were back in the States by then. Um, but for me, it's just being present. You know, I played sports and did those kind of things, but I could probably count how many times my parents got to see it. Yeah. And it was mainly, I mean, my mom worked very hard worker forever. Um, two, three jobs, you know, cleaning business on the side at night or in the morning. Um, but it's just being present. And, and, you know, that's one of the things that, you know, I'm a fanatic about these kids and it, whether it's sports or band or it could be a spelling bee, like yeah. they're going to see a face. You front you know? row. Yeah. Like, yeah. I'm, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we're going to be there, man. And, and that's just, uh, that's just because I remember what that was like, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's a, it's different now to think that your kid plays a sport and you don't go see him mm-hmm. is someone would try to lock you up for child abuse. You know, yeah. you know, back then it was like, if you played something, the, the coach would give everybody a ride yeah. and then they have to drop everybody off, yeah. you know, cause parents were working. Yeah. There was no virtual, there was no like job that's like, Oh, I'll take this one. Yeah. You know, I'll come make up my hours later. Yeah. That kind of thing. It didn't exist. Yeah, that you was know? not a thing. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> now you see people that practice with an iPad you know, just trying to be, you know, be there. Present. So, yeah. yeah. Even so. though I'm not present, I'm present. Yeah. You see a physical person here. Right. But right. I'm definitely busy. Yeah. Wow. Don't talk to me. So yeah. That, that for me, that's huge. I mean, that's, that's, you know, with the kids playing college sports and traveling, you know, we try not to miss Yeah, whether we have to split up or, or however we have to do it. Um, more times than not, they've got a friendly face when they come off the field. So, that's awesome. So for you at 12 now in the States, and I imagine still playing sports, did you have any men mentors or, you know, how did you kind of fill that? I don't want to say void, but. Yeah, yeah. So um, I had, uh, my mom had brothers, um, all who now have all passed on, but um, my uncles were so huge to me. You know, my uncles and my grandfather, they all, all lived in Oklahoma City. Uh, well, let's see, two of them. My, uh, I had an uncle that lived in California, uncle that lived in Houston. Um, and whether I saw them or just knew what they were doing, you know, from a business perspective or from a, uh, 
I say business like career perspective or the way they, the way they raised their families and the way they interacted with their families. Um, like that was a big, that was big for me. And then while my parents were divorced, um, my next door neighbor, his name is Maurice. I refer to him as my godfather. Um, Maurice was huge for me. Um, just, he had kids of his own. They were much younger, but it was, I mean, every time I saw that car in the driveway, I was just over there. I was over there eating food, you know, <laughs> eating. And Maurice was super like handy, um, could build anything. And that was just intriguing to me, you know? So if he's putting up a fence or building a, I don't know, shelter in the backyard. Like yeah. I was there, whether I was holding a piece of wood or just, you know, hammering a nail every now and then. I just wanted to be, he was that infectious wow. still. Yes. It was, it was huge. I mean, he was, um, he's someone, I mean, we still keep in contact. Um, his kids are older now, you know, but at the time they were younger and the way he and his wife like raised their kids, even at 12, 13, I was like, I want my family to look like this. Wow. You know what I mean? It's just the way, I mean, no one, they didn't raise their voice, you know, everybody, you know what I mean? Just kind of, yeah, yeah. it was just love. It was always love. And yeah. I, I appreciated that. So, yeah, that's always a pivotal thing is this like, you know, getting to hear somebody, you know, that even had the situation where they had a family, but it's usually always being able to have somebody that they can model to say, you know what, even though I had this or I seen that, I want this over mm -hmm. here. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? It's almost like a, like a car situation. Well, I and can, it doesn't even take away from like your, your, yeah, your existence. Yeah. You know what I mean? You're it's like, this is cool. It's just a part of the process. Yeah, this is cool. I mean, my, when my parents were split, my dad was living in El Reno. Oh, wow. Um, and I was still very deliberate about like spending time with my dad. Yeah. Um, this is probably foreign, but like I had a, I remember I had a Walkman and I had the one with the auto reverse. So you didn't have to take the tape out. Yeah. And my mom would take me downtown to the bus station and I'd buy like this $12 ticket and I'd ride a bus down to El Reno nice. and then I'd get off and walk to his house, hang out for the weekend, just get back on the bus. Yeah. Um, like I also like helped, uh, make sure that 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 relationship was still there, yeah. even as a teenager. You know, so. that's dope. Yeah, yeah. My so. dad lived in Ada, so I get that small town mm -hmm. feel. And, and you know, it's 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 different because Oklahoma, like nowadays, like you couldn't do that. Oh no, like, you couldn't. But like then, like I was telling people, you know, like it's it's funny because when I was in you know twelve and eleven years old, I was driving a car. Yeah. You know oh, I mean? easy. But. You know, there was no people on the streets because yeah. there was nothing open yeah. after nine o'clock. You know what I mean? Yeah, no one cared. My, my mom always tells a story. She was, uh, I was, I think, 13. Mm -hmm. And I went in and said, hey, mom, can I take the car and go to the store? And she just threw me the keys. Yeah. I'd never driven that car. Wow. But wow. she was like, well, you came in there with all that confidence. <laughs> I figured if you had that much confidence, you could drive it. Yeah. And, of course, she's like, don't, you know, don't pick up anybody. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah, Went through the neighborhood, picked about seven <laughs> people in that <laughs> Thunderbird. <laughs> Everybody's like, Epps got the car. Epps got the car. They're like, you got the car? <laughs> like, yeah, that's so, funny. That, make you, that makes you real cool in the neighborhood real quick, like when you're 13 and you can drive the car. But. So I got to ask you, like, now that you're, I mean, you've been obviously alive for a little bit. Mm -hmm. Now that Mike Epps is a thing, has that affected you any? The, the comedian? Yeah. No, it's, it's interesting because I have had... It's, it's predominantly like happened in Houston. Um, it happened in Colorado where they see my name like on the Hertz gold board or whatever. Uh -huh. And they're like waiting for my guests. <laughs> and then I get there and they're like, 
Uh, it's not him, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, what? What? We what's up with the good surprise? <laughs> no, it's That's funny, but funny. there's there's a certain group of people. Yeah, you, I mean, usually black people, and there's a certain age yeah. that's like uh, that that recognize that, and yeah. some of them will just come up to me and say. I'm sure you've heard them all. And I'm like, I have. Yeah. Uh-huh. And I'm like, and I still think I'm funnier. You yeah. Know? <laughs> I just wonder if your kids like ever say, yeah, my dad's Mike Epps, you know? Yeah. My, uh, <laughs> I think my niece did that to someone. It was like, yeah, he'll call. I can have him call me right now. I was like, Hey, call me. <laughs> She's like, see, so nice. anyway, he's not, I mean, Mike, he's, he's a good comedian, but, um, you know, all we yeah, share in common is pretty different. much the name. Yeah, because yeah. y'all are super different. So, so get this. He was in at the Scurving, which is kind of dating myself here, but it was a um, hotel in, in Oklahoma, Oklahoma City. City. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He did a uh, comedy show there. And a friend of mine knew him and was like, oh, my God, you guys have to meet. So I was like, okay. So after the show, I go back, and she's like, hey, Mike, his name's Mike Epps. And, like, we shook hands. It's like, nice to meet you. Nice to meet you, man. Great show. He's like, thank you. And they were like, is that it? I was like, what were we supposed to do? Like, <laughs> where are we going to join? You got together? this blood bond just because you got thought, the same name. They thought you were going to Voltron or something. Right. Like. Everybody was just like, it was just anticlimactic. I was like, I mean, he's a man. I'm a man. We have the yeah. same name. It was cute. We shook. Hey, like, we we're could good. Both care less. Yeah, you know, we could care less. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. So, as a, as a dad now, so like you're traveling, you're being present with the kiddos. Um, and you're, you're, are you married to the children's mom? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So you guys are, uh, as a, as a, as a cohesive family, do you guys have to sit down? Are, are all the kids playing sports or? Um, I, I have one in high school. Uh, my oldest one has graduated and then, um, Isaiah, the middle child just, uh, just transferred from Kentucky. He's playing at TU this year. Nice. So he's playing and then Mike's playing high school stuff. <clears throat> Is Mike a junior? He is Michael Jr.? I said, is he a junior? To me? Yeah. Oh, no. I thought you meant in school. I was like, hey, no, he's I a was sophomore. The same thing. I was like, honey, come on now. <laughs> he's not, man. So um, when they come in the, in the, in the uh, room to do your paperwork, social security card or whatever, um, I asked the lady, I was like, so I never understood junior or the second. And she's like, well, if he's junior, you're senior. And I'm like, I'm too young to be senior. So I was like, so if he's the second, then she's like, well, you're the first. It's understood. You don't need to, you don't put anything by your name or whatever. So he's Michael the second. That was my short way of saying that. Nice, <laughs> nice. She had a whole debacle about yeah, that. Yeah, I will. Cause I'm real big on like roots history. Yeah. And so I was like, well, how does, how does one become the first, the second, mm-hmm, you mm-hmm. know? And so what I had found was in order for the first to be the first, the first one, the first person with that name has to be dead. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, oh, all right, well, I'm not going <laughs> to put that on my husband. Cause I was just, I didn't want junior. I was like, I don't want nobody calling my child junior. Yeah. Like, that just, I can't No JR, no MJ. Uh, Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, she oh, don't do that. Yeah. Look, I like Michael Jackson, but yeah. don't give me no MJ. <laughs> I was thinking Michael Jordan. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's that's one of those things that, you know, I hope at you know, at he's the youngest and has my name, um, which, you know, is usually like like the reverse. Mm-hmm. And and there's people that ask me like, how do your other kids feel that you named him Michael? And I'm like, I think they're cool. Like, they, <laughs> like they've got really cool names. Yeah. And they they kind of look. Carson looks like Carson. Isaiah looks just like Isaiah. So I'm wow. like, I don't think 
Yeah. You know, yeah. you know, people think that they're. How just much gonna, time did you spend with the names? Was it a was it a whole thing, or were you just like no, always? No, oh, man, I want to. No, I didn't. Um, Carson was named by, like, I think my sister named Carson. Um, she worked with a guy whose name was Carson. It might have been his last. No, his first name was Carson. And then um, my wife named Isaiah. And then she, so I didn't know what the kids were, mm-hmm. right? Well, the third go around with Mike, um, she was believing for a girl. Uh-huh. Her name was Sarah. We It was all planned out. <laughs> I don't ever know. And she knew what was going on. But the thing was, she couldn't like tell anybody. Yeah. I think she got to tell one person and couldn't buy anything. Right. So my mom knew and ultrasound said it was a girl and she was still like believing for a boy. Um, and I was like, well, I- I'm with you. But if it's not a, a girl, like what, what's the name? And she's like, you could just name him. I was like, okay. So we're in the room, baby comes out, hold it up, it's a boy, and he's like, what's his name? And I looked at her, and she's like, I was like, can we just call him Michael? <laughs> so that's true story. I love it. So I that's love it. not that, not, sorry, Mike, I hope you don't think we didn't really think you out there, but anyway. We were prepared for you, just not the name. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Yeah, so. No, we went on it. We, we tried to do that, and Crystal, for real, like, had her whole flock of team members. They were all calling him. What was it? Baby Dennis? B- BD or <laughs> JD JD you, yeah. Yeah, yeah so yeah, yeah. one day just flippantly we were riding down the street and I was like you know what I'm saying are we gonna call him uh JD or something like that she said what does that stand for I said Junior Dennis and she was like I love it so she sent out the mass text look I was so listen. ready for him not to be Junior I needed to get something out there stat when I tell you like her friends like in lockstep would mm-hmm. not refer to him in any other way other than JD and I was like dude the whole point of us naming our son Marquise was uh, for the birthright living legacy. Like yeah, yeah. It was to for him to receive the living legacy mm-hmm. of, you know, if somebody like, you know, if we say we part ways now, we don't ever see each other again. We go to Germany uh, for a thing. Right. And then my son comes back because I don't come back. If you hear his name, you'd be like, wait a minute. Mm-hmm. I know you. I know, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And like, so that was the whole point. I was like, we've already decided his name is not Marquise already. Mm-hmm. And so we were like, okay. And then we got a couple of people that just really hold out with the MJ because they know it bothers her. <laughs> and she is not a fan of the juniors. So, but yeah. So speaking of like, so when you, when you are, you know, doing all the things that you do in, in your world, you know, as far as taking care of kids, being husband, being uh, an exp- uh, you know, uh, a very experienced, um, you know, um, executive, uh, philanthropic behaviors and things of that nature. How did uh, Birthright Living Legacy get on your radar for something for you to do? Um, it started with Jeremy mm-hmm. Tucker, obviously. He told me about it. I think he came over a couple times after you guys had met, and he was like, man, I just got to tell you about this guy. I'll tell you about this birthright. And I was like, okay, like I'm listening. Anything yeah. that has to do with just fatherhood, you know, in general, it just piques my interest because um, yeah. we – unfortunately get left behind in a lot of things <laughs> yeah. you know i always say when a kid makes it nfl mama gets a house and daddy gets a truck right yeah. we're always like this we're always kind of second class so um that that was our first we talked jeremy and i talked about it a couple times and then obviously we met yeah. was us going up to the summit and um 
I was like immediately just enthralled with your energy around it. And I was like, man, like, I don't care what this guy's selling. Like I'm buying it. Like, <laughs> all right. Like seriously. And I, and you, I mean, you guys still, you had the vision, hadn't had everything kind of li- lined up yet. But, um, you know, I told Jeremy at that time, I was like, Hey, I, mean, I want to be part of it, you yeah. know? And I think we had texted a couple of times after, um, wasn't sure the timing or how things were going or at right. what rate it would, you know, take off. But I'm like, my, you could, I'm not very good at a lot of things, but if you ever want to like really push my button, just tell me I'm not being a very, very good father. Ooh. You know what I mean? I really hang my hat on that. Yeah. Unfortunately, some of that could be out of order from a biblical perspective, but no, I, no, I, no, I, no, I, I, get I, it. I, I pour in there. So, um, cause being a good father is taking care of your wife for sure. Yeah, absolutely. All the way around. I mean, so, absolutely. and again, and your legacy, you know, yeah. it's important. Um, so, yeah, once you guys got rolling, I'm like, like I'm in, and you know, I I walk around and talk about it. You know, <laughs> yeah. haven't really got. I got a couple people that are interested. You know, but there's a few, I've run into some people that could really use the service. Yeah. You know, um, and try to kind of sell it, but they also I'm like, listen, it's just men. Yeah, we're just talking about man stuff. Like yeah. we ha- we don't know. There's things you don't know. Um, Yet, because you haven't really, you know, you haven't really encountered, I should say. Um, but I guarantee there's someone in the room that has. Right. Or at least read about it or, yeah. you know, know someone that has. And, you know, I think uh, one of the guys I was talking to is having some legal troubles and stuff like that. And I was like, man, like, you should just come, yeah. you know. I mean, not, it's not like you're trying to sell Christianity or yeah. sell religion. You know what I mean? Just, just yeah. come, just come. So but, if you just come, you'll just be basked in the fatherness of fatherness. <laughs> As soon as you walk in, you'll feel it. <laughs> right. But I'm like telling, you know, and I told you about my buddy that's really interested in, in partnering with us. But um, I don't know. It's just a great resource that people who are you know, in a tough spot, you know, whether not knowing what to do, needing financial assistance or, yeah. or, um, or legal assistance, like you don't know that there's something out there. Well, there's never really been anything out there's there. There's not. Right? There's not a such yeah. thing. Yeah. Like, it's funny. I was just in Oklahoma City yesterday when I was getting that award, and they were they were like, you know, the reason why we're giving this to you is because what you're doing is unheard of. Mm-hmm. Like, the fact that you are trying to help fathers. And I was like, man, there's a whole lot of us that are trying to help yeah. fathers. But the, the, the issue is, is it goes back to a couple of different things. Is like the pride uh, of a man is already so delicate because we're mm-hmm. taught to believe that masculinity is toxic. Mm-hmm. So you, you always have this inner battle of trying to figure out what should you or what shouldn't you do, what's acceptable, what's not, um, because most of the dads didn't have that, you know, that, that present father to be able to give them that, um, give them that, that value mm-hmm. um, in that area. And so, you know, now when they're saying, okay, finally, I broke down. And I need to express to myself, like, I need help. Then you go to uh, social services, uh, any kind of advocate, or, you know, even a church, unfortunately. And the first thing they try to do is usher you into something mm-hmm. that's not going to really help you. It's no. just like kind of a, uh, either it's a, it's a short or a long way of, hey, pull yourself up by your bootstraps. Yeah. Because you're a man and you should be able to take care of yourself. Right. And we know that that's crap. There's way more to it than that. Yep. Now, 
ultimately we're going to get you to the point where you know what a boot what a bootstrap even is you know what i <laughs> right. mean let alone to pull them up and yeah. then start to go so that's that that was the heart behind it is because i remember sitting you know and i hear stories from dads all the time where it's like you know i've gone to the dentist with my son or my daughter and I check in as the father, and it literally won't even let me go any further. Mm-hmm. And they're like, but I'm the custodial parent. Yeah. They're like, yeah, you got to check mother, though. Yeah. It's like, I'm not a mother. It's like, yeah, you got to write it in the column because. <laughs> and they're like, why would you do that? It's like, because dad's, what, what are you doing with the kid? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. that's the mentality. Yeah. And so that it's it's a crazy ordeal. So, yeah. It is, man. I've I've had, you know, a lot of friends that have gone through those different you know circumstances with their kids and mm-hmm. um you know i try to give advice but the best advice i ju- i can give is just like stay the course yeah. you know what i mean if you're if court's telling you to do something just do it and stay the course you know it all it always seems to work out so yeah and i mean and you can fight but it's just like it's just like you know like you were saying with your dad you know you can fight the system but the inspection better pass. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> like, like, don't try to not be ready for inspection. Yeah, and then be trying to give me some extra. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Like, let's get that part over, and then you talk to me about the extra. Mm-hmm. And that's where a lot of dads miss it is they don't show up, you know, or they give up fighting, but then they want to sit on the couch and text or Facebook post about I want to see my kids. Mm-hmm. And it's like. Well, no, like it doesn't work that way. I had a guy, you know, it was a young fella. He was like, I'm going to move to Oklahoma City. And I was like, okay, um, now how is that going to help you? And he was like, well, you know, I just need a new, fresh new start. I said, do you have a car? He was like, no. I was like, well, how are you going to see your kid? Well, I just want a 50-50 custody. With no car? <laughs> what? Where do they do that at? <laughs> right. But he was dead serious. I said, so I just need to know, like, are you trying to get, you know, less child support or do you really want to see your kid? Mm-hmm. He was like, both. I was like, it, there's no both. There's one, there's one motive. Yeah. And if it's to not get child support, I'm telling you, homie, you go in the wrong way. Cause if, unless you know your child's allergies, unless you're ready to pick them up every week, you know what I mean? I think we had talked about before about, you know, that dance between Oklahoma city, like mm-hmm. dropping kids off mm-hmm. and picking them up. Like you have to be, that's a lot of gas. It's money. a lot. Yeah. You know what is. I mean? Like people don't think about that kind of stuff. They just think, Oh, well I'll just come. I got a, we got one of our dads in Kentucky. He's like, I'll just come down every other weekend. No, you won't. Yeah. It sounds good at first. It, man, what? Yeah. Kentucky? Like, what are you doing to be able to drive 13 hours every other weekend? Mm-hmm. And then who's coming with you? Yeah. Because that's another question. Because I know you're going to probably bring abroad. And then now you're going to bring that into the, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. they're not thinking about those kinds of things and only sitting across from another man will you be able to have this right you know they'll help reconcile that for you it's like did we did you really (laughs) this out because i don't know that you really are prepared Mm -hmm. because if you show up with to get your kids with some random and then you know mom is just not having it Mm -hmm. it just it doesn't matter who who she is it's not malice intent always but 90% of the time, if I don't know you, I mean, I, I know ladies that can't even drop their children off at the church, you know, nursery. It's mm-hmm. like, I don't know you. <laughs> yeah. Let me get to know you first <laughs> right. and then we'll, you know what I mean? So imagine some random chick that you met. you only been there for X amount of time, so you couldn't have known her but this amount of time. And then these dads um, are not prepared for the fight. So that's why I love 
you know, what you guys bring to the table as board members, as um, as advocates, as well as fathers, just, you know, being able to be in the ambiance and the essence of, of other dads to, because when you start talking through these things, it's like, no, like, let's really get to the nitty gritty. Right. You know right. what I mean? Like, I could talk to my wife about manhood stuff, but there's a point where she's just going to throw the shoulders and be like, oh, honey, I'm sorry. <laughs> Whereas if I'm talking to you, you're going to be like, really? Yeah, <laughs> that's what that's what we do, bro. <laughs> so it's it's a it's an interesting process. Are your any of your kids um, in the purpose of you know trying to get married or looking to get uh, children or anything like that soon? No, I don't. Um, my oldest um, is you know he's dating, but he um, he I don't think I don't know the timing on on that yeah. kind of stuff. And you know we kind of laugh about kids, and I'm like, whatever you do when you get your kids, don't let them do. You know, <laughs> I kind of kind of play with them on that level, but I don't think they're at that point yet. You yeah. know, and I would hope that, um, you know, I had my oldest son when I was 25, mm-hmm. and not really sound. I don't say sound. I mean, I, I had a job, right. you know, but not a real um, a real secure place, you know, for a kid to be raised. Um, so that's, I just tell them if you're going to do it, you know, make sure you just do it right and do it in the right timing too. You know, don't bring a kid in the world because you just love somebody. Um, make sure you can, you can, you know, provide for them and not, and not become a, um, and not become a stress, um, you know, to yourself, you know what I mean? Don't, don't just go. Just go, just go making babies, man. <laughs> yeah, I mean, people really think that you. Know, I, I, I can't tell you how many times I heard some girl say, "Well, if it doesn't work out with a relationship soon, I'm just gonna have a baby soon. Mm. I'll make some dude get me pregnant, and I'll be like, that's so reckless. What? <laughs> like, how is that even a thought? <laughs> right. It's not a purse. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you're gonna be stuck with that thing, uh, and it's gonna need stuff. Like, yeah, every day. Like, yeah. You know what I mean? I even show them the stats. I was like, you know, and that's where even I started on those stats. I said, listen, let me show you. It says right here that you at your best is not going to hold a candle to two parents at their worst. Yeah. I said, but you want to bring a child into this environment on purpose? Yeah. And they're like, what? I mean, I just need somebody to love me. <laughs> Puppy. Uh, uh, you know? <laughs> and then I always say, just adopt. And there's, so already, cheap. there's already kids that you can adopt. Yeah. Nah, I don't know. Cause I don't, you know what? Yeah. Cause you don't want no kid. Yeah. If you really wanted somebody to love you, nothing, nobody's going to love you like somebody that's been mistreated Yeah. and need to be somewhere where they can get some love. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And so anyway, that's my own opinion. That's my own you know, soapbox to stand on. So um, it, it must feel pretty good, though, as a dad to um, be living in the 2020 uh, era where you have sports children that are, you know, um, probably handsome young men that are out there making, you know, waves in the world and not be, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like bringing all these kids home or, you know, dad, I got to drop out of school. I'm sorry. Cause you know, I was getting drunk at this party and 15 <laughs> girls decided I might've been the guy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, what does that, what does that feel like on the, on the other side, just being a dad, knowing that you've been able to help protect your kid. You know, they, bad decisions. the sport, the back, I mean, you mentioned the sporting and it, to me is more, more important that they, um, the two boys, the two older uh, boys both already have their bachelor's degree. Isaiah's working on his master's now. So to me, that was a big part of we, they use the sports as a, you know, a vehicle to get to the education. Nice. Um, but at the same time, 
um, you know, we didn't have a ton of like just birds and bees talks, you know what I mean? But we had a more practical discussions about, you know, where, who you're with and how you carry yourself when you're with, you know, obviously ladies and that kind of stuff. So, um, it's nice. I mean, especially, you know, my oldest boy graduated college, already has a job. You know, Isaiah will no doubt be, you know, gainfully employed as soon as he finishes here. Um, to me, that's like the pressure. Yeah. Not so much about the kid, um, although I'm grateful that they're making good choices. Um, but the fact that they're employed just takes the, I mean, that's when you, because you, you have these stages, right? Right. And it's like, High school graduation, like, we did it. Like, how oh, we got through, you know. And then college graduation, like, we're, oh, yeah. <laughs> and those are just, like, these are these little steps, right? Right. But, like, dad, I got the job. Yeah. It's like, all right. Like, that was the graduation. All that was just some intermediary steps that got <laughs> us to where we are, you know, making paper, you yeah. know. Um, and, like, buying Christmas gifts. Like, they buy Christmas gifts. Oh, wow. Yeah. Like, nice ones. Yeah. I'm like, oh, this is what this feels like. <laughs> <laughs> Let me make a list. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, I'm, I'm really grateful for that, you know, that they, they have, again, just made good choices, um, you know, valued their education, um, and generally pleasant people just to be around. Um, like that, when I sit back now that I can have a beer with my, you know, my two older kids and we can have conversation and, you know, um, like go up to the summit club and just kind of kick back. And I'm yeah. like, man, you know, I've seen people like kids or like their best friends. And I always thought that was weird, but I was like, man, you guys could be my best friends. <laughs> <laughs> I know your pedigree. You yeah, know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I love it. I know what you're made of. You know, well, we want to give you your roses while you can still smell them. So <laughs> that was a great as a great father, man, this round of applause is for you, brother. Like, great job. And for those of you that don't live in Tulsa, if you don't know what the Summit Club is, it's for really, really, really rich people. Uh, <laughs> I've gotten a, you know, I've gotten a chance to clean up the parking lot a couple Whatever, times. dude. You got open invite. Oh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, man, that's great. That's good stuff. So, Crystal, before we go into the private fatherhood group, do you have any uh, lasting thoughts or, um, yeah, words of wisdom? Yeah, so really, I just had a question, you know, with with your journey with your own father, be, now being a father, and, and maybe even the men mentors, what would you say is the one thing if, you know, if you passed away, what's the one thing you hope that your children glean from you? Man, just value, like, valuing family, you know, that time with your family, and not just your immediate family, but, you know, uh, your extended family, cousins, you know, we're super close with my grandparents, Um my mom is in Oklahoma city. I probably see her once a week, you know, just, and they're already pretty good at it. Um, I mean, handwritten notes to grandma and stuff like that, you know, nice. just, just really like value that. Um, because you know, it's a product of where you came from, you know, and you, you just, I don't know that that's one of my things. It's just the, the extended family and, and the immediate family, I think. Yeah. Yeah. That was beautiful. Good family <laughs> I love vision. It, I love it. Well, hey, man, we truly appreciate it. We're about to jump in the private fatherhood group. Thank you for all of you that are uh, liking the podcast. Make sure to leave a, uh, a wonderful review 
uh, definitely helps with questions and things of that nature. And if you're not on Facebook or uh, in our private fatherhood groups, uh, feel free to reach out to us at info at brlivinglegacy.org and we will get you all locked in. We are going to be having our uh, second and fourth Thursday. We have our fatherhood meeting. So until then, we will see you next time. And this is Marquise and Crystal with Birthright Living Legacy. Birthright Living Legacy needs your help. As we are on a mission to help fathers who are needing to overcome obstacles to see their children. We are preparing to provide curriculum, counseling, and family law assistance for any of our fathers. We will also have many fun events to participate in with their children as we build a fatherhood community. Partner with us on Facebook or Instagram and go to our website at brlivinglegacy.com and go to our donation tab on the bottom of the page to make a contribution. For any questions, contact us on any of our platforms as we would love to help. Birthright Living Legacy, changing lives one father at a time.